this a lot is of them are like, oh, that's what. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Okay, let's let's do this really quick before and, we start. Let's go over the name of the characters because I feel like I'm going to have a hard time with this. So, oh, that's why I told you I was googling it because I I pulled up the cast list so I can refer. to I it. have it. Yeah, I have it in the. I wrote the episode notes on here. So, Ri Jong Hyuk. <laughs> Did I say it wrong? Ri Jong Ri Jong Hyuk. And then Yoon Seri yeah, is the bastard daughter it's of a wealthy be that family. Way. The only easy name is Yoon Seri. Like Gu Song Jun, the con man, yeah. the South Korean con man. And then Seo Dan is the North so Korean Dan. heiress. <laughs> so Dan? Yeah, those are our four main characters. And they actually swap mates because Captain Ri ends up with Se Ri <laughs> and Gu Song Jun ends up with Don. <laughs> Don. No, you said it right, but then I thought of it as like a guy named Don. Yeah, don't even know what it is. You don't know what Rescuers Down Under is? Are you serious right now? That someone from the kingdom had come with the crown to like the princess, but then something happened. Welcome to Incoherent Geek Shit. I am Ion, and as always, I'm joined by Sari. And Sari, today we're going to be talking about you and your romance story. Yes, this was a very interesting one for me to film because we actually snuck into North Korea and almost died several times. So, uh, I'm happy to be alive. Let me put it that way. Yeah, did you did you enjoy your uh, your hang gliding experience? Um, you know, hang gliding is something that I always thought would be really fun to do, but then I got anxiety, and so I just kind of felt trapped in the sky. I felt better when I was on the ground until I kind of ran into that area of landmines, but you know what, YOLO, right? Hey, at least you ended up in the lap of your dream Korean man. If you have no idea what the hell we're talking about, we (laughs) are finally talking about a K-drama, because we advertise on Incoherent Geek Shit that we're just the biggest geeks in the world. We watch every kind of geek thing, including Korean serialized dramas. And one of the biggest ones, recently at least, was Crash Landing on You. The premise of this is a South Korean woman is flying in the air, paragliding, or what What was she doing actually? What kind of thing was she doing in the air? I think... It- What's the difference between paragliding and hang gliding? Paragliding, and you tell me. no, no, she wasn't paragliding because paragliding you control it. It's like one of the uh, triangle things. But she was in the air with a parachute doing something, and she, she did s- have these little triangle things you could like pull down. Okay, well, she was doing a commercial or something like that. No, no, wait, she was wait, in the wait. Air. I have, I actually have the uh, synopsis just on Google because I googled the cast. Go like, ahead, like, read. A please paragliding. Read a Para- paragliding. Oh, she was paragliding. Mishap. Yeah. Drops a South Korean heiress in North Korea and into the life of an army officer who decides he will help her hide. Yeah. So there we go. Romeo <laughs> and Juliet set in Korea, unifying the two war-torn brotherhood countries. And it stars Speaking our very own Sari. Yoon yep. Sari is the main character and uh, we joke because Sari's name is also... Actually, they spell it exactly the same as the way you spell it, right? 
They do, but there's like a hyphen between the say and the re. So I think hers is supposed to be like two words that make up a name, where mine is all one. Sari. Sari. What? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right. speaking of Romeo and Juliet, speaking of Romeo and Juliet, they reference that in the in the show because she's like talking to all those women. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. All the women in the village. North Korea. And yeah. they don't know what Romeo and Juliet is. And I told you that I watched a bunch of uh, documentaries on North Korea after that. And that's true. They don't know what Romeo and Juliet is. Of course. They don't have that there. And it's like insane to think about. Although, because- although that's that's partially true because there's still a lot of pop culture stuff that they might not understand. Right. But right. they do smell that one part that's hundred percent true. Yeah. yeah, the black market. They smuggle uh, K dramas and K pop and stuff like that over to North Korea. That's that's a thing that's very common. Like people all know it. Even North Koreans, like the the people, what do they call the army? The uh, Korean Republic Army or something like that. North Korean Republic Army. They well, don't even I'm, care about yeah. it anymore. <laughs> I think North Korea calls itself like the Democratic Republic of North Korea or something. Yeah, yeah. So whatever the army, whatever their army is, um, they don't even really care too much about the smuggling of it, at, at least from what well, I, I've seen. <laughs> it seems like a lot of people partake in it. but Exactly. Um, modern times, they're calling people that are growing up in the generation that started basically around the 1990s because the black market apparently cropped up after the Soviet Union collapsed and then there was a famine in north korea in the 1990s and then around this time the black market popped up so people that grew up with the black market are being called the black market generation because for the first time they're getting much more exposed to the outside world than ever before because of all these products and movies and things that are coming from south korea and other countries Wow! Look, look, look at my co-host, here, guys. Watching documentaries. She is a North Korean expert now, and she started with no information. No. She she messaged me one day after watching this. She's like, "Do you know anything about North Korea?" I was like, "Yeah, man. I was I, I'm a huge fan of North Korea. I've seen so many North Korean documentaries." So she's like, "Oh, really? What, what are some?" So I sent her a couple. I guess she watched more than I sent her. And she's really into yeah, North Korea Yeah, I watched now. the whole one that you sent me, and then I watched, like, two more. There was... Did you send me the one that was with the French reporter? Because there was one with the French reporter. And then there was two that I watched with the Russian reporter. From BBC? I don't... One of... The channel with the Russian reporter was called The People. Oh, and yeah, yeah. I, I've seen that. And there was also a DW documentary that I watched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> I watched a okay. few. Well... <laughs> Well, the reason the reason why we're so into North Korea is because when you watch the show, you are immediately drawn to North Korea because the first half of the show takes place in North Korea. Our main actress, our main character, it's actually quite a lot of episodes. I expected her to get out of North Korea sooner, but like they were in there for like the majority of the show almost. Yeah, yeah, it's they like really the last to... like the last third is in South Korea. Yeah, they really wanted to establish North Korea, and they really wanted to use it as a set. And uh, I actually enjoyed the first part of it. But let's do a little background, okay? A little background about this show for the people who uh, are listening who don't really know what the show is about or what why it's such a big deal. So this show is on Netflix, which is where Sari and I both watched it. I actually watched this before it completed. I was watching it from day one uh, because my wife 
was huge into the show. Like she was such a huge fan. She forced me to watch it. And in 2019, <laughs> I watched every episode against my will. And it was so ridiculous, but it was kind of entertaining and, and a little heartfelt here and there. And I was like, okay, you know, being the sucker I am for romances. Um, and the reason why this show stood out is because it really garnered popular worldwide acclaim because of Netflix and because of this, I guess, this theme of North Korea and South Korea and what we're going to get to at, in later on about the themes. But this show and probably Descendants of the Sun are the two most popular worldwide K-dramas I have ever seen. Like The popularity of the show has just skyrocketed so much that everybody and their mothers and grandmothers have seen this. It's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I actually didn't know that it was that popular. I, I think I kind of had a sense that it was popular because I don't it was probably on the like the Netflix trending page and stuff. But I don't I feel like I don't have that many people that I talk to that are like into K dramas, so like nobody really mentioned it to I, me except for you. Yeah, I told you to watch just like in February, man. Yeah, he told me to watch it a long time ago, and I didn't have a reason not to watch it other than that. Like, I don't know, maybe it was watching other stuff. No, I remember what you told me. Also, you said it sounded ridiculously stupid. You know, a woman flying I in the air, dropping on a man. I never said you that. Did, you did. We, he, we can totally Google. He is making <laughs> no, things up. We can pull up the chat. shots, or it did what, not happen. I will, I, will, I will dig that up, and we'll post it on our Instagram when this episode airs. No, it, it didn't ha- it happen. Happened. It happened. It, it happened. never <laughs> happened. What are you talking it about? It happened. I remember very I like, love... I love K-dramas and C-dramas and, and, like, they're all, like, they all are ridiculous. Like, let's be honest. Every single one of these, like, Asian dramas has some aspect that is, like, over the top and kind of ridiculous. But I love them anyway. I don't know what so, you're talking about. They're all as realistic as possible. Like, Hi Bye Mama. Like, dude, every ghost comes back to life. Like, that's just normal, real life. I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, I didn't finish that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, back to this popularity thing. This show is the third highest rated drama in Korean cable television history, only behind The World of the Married and Sky Castle. I didn't like Sky Castle at all. Uh, but yeah, that, that says a lot because this is the third highest rated drama in Korean history. So uh, watch it if you guys like romance. This is actually like a webtoon. You could see this as a webtoon, right? Yeah, I think so. The story is essentially like a webtoon. It's so absurd, and yet it's romance-driven. It's like exactly down our aisle of like, you know, I guess I'm kind of surprised about you even saying that it's absurd, though. Like, is it that absurd? I guess, okay, yeah, because there's a tornado, but (laughs) I forgot about that part. Yeah, That's what makes it absurd, but... (laughs) It's Wizard of Oz, like Dorothy, <laughs> except she falls into North Korea Cause, instead of Oz. Because <laughs> I was like, the idea of somebody getting like maybe lost in Korea, like, or, or I should say North Korea specifically, like, I mean, how far out there is it? Maybe because it would depend on how close they are to like the demilitarized zone. No, no, there's no way. So I've actually been there. <laughs> I've been to the I've been to the DMZ. There's no way somebody Oh, she she had to be like super high up in the air to the point where it's like an airplane where she's up as high as an airplane, which there's no way she could do that. So that just the premise itself is is kind of ludicrous as it is. 
But uh, yeah, that that definitely can't happen. The DMZ, there's no way she can pass it without somebody noticing. I her. mean, but there's a tornado and their electricity is like always <laughs> out. Like, you know. All right. All right. Suspend your belief, I guess. But you know what's more ridiculous? <laughs> wait, wait. You know what's more ridiculous than how she got in is how she got out. Oh, yes. Um. Yeah. <laughs> clear spoilers, like in every single episode, clear spoilers. And another, uh, another just little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Give me the word. You, you know the word I'm looking for. Tidbit? Nope, not tidbit, like a... I have no idea. Use your words. You use your words, to... Siri. I, I, you're a writer. Use your words. What are you talking about? How word. am I supposed to read your mind? I... It's, it's not, it's not a proclamation, but it's like a... Declaration? It's like... <laughs> No, like, of like a warning, like a <laughs> democracy. I was just gonna disclaimer. Disclaimer, yes. Disclaimer. Okay, Another disclaimer. disclaimer okay, yeah. Is that you have to describe <laughs> what you're saying for me to guess the word? Like that's, that's how our it new works. segment. It's like, guess the word Sarah's looking for. Okay, just another disclaimer is that we absolutely 100% are going to butcher every single name in this show. So, yes. Just, uh, you can cringe every time, but so get used to it. If you're South Korean, if you're South Korean or North Korean, I deeply apologize. Yeah, <laughs> we suck at so Korean. So anyway, names. back to what I was saying was absurd. Is she literally just goes back to the demilitarized zone, and they literally told her earlier in the show that she couldn't do that. They're like, we're not going to be back in that area for like three months, so we can't do it. She does end up staying there for like over a month, though. Yeah. So I guess, and they find like a special way to get back there. But so when I was watching these documentaries, what they said is that it's almost like completely impossible to go from North Korea to South Korea just through the uh, demilitarized zone. Mm -hmm. You will get shot and you will get killed. There is actually a story of a guy who did get shot. He actually managed to live and it's considered a miracle because he got shot more than once. I don't know how many times. And when he was taken to a hospital in South Korea, he had apparently lost about half of his blood and he had tapeworms inside his body. Mm -hmm. So basically, the way that you can get out of North Korea if you're escaping is through China. China. That's yep. Right. Most of the stories talk about going through China. So her just like walking through like no big <laughs> deal is like so unrealistic. I guess like you could say, OK, they had like the, it was the people she knew that were, quote unquote, on control of that area. So that maybe you could. But still, I feel like it just feels really that feels pretty absurd if you're if we're talking about absurd things that. And like I said to you, I shared a quote with you like yesterday, the day before, from a documentary that said the dialect of North Korean and South Korean language is so different that a South Korean yep. could understand maybe 10% of what a North Korean is saying. So there would actually be a language barrier here. But of course, for the sake of the drama, there is apparently not. Yep. Yeah, that's definitely something. Like when this show came out, there were a lot of YouTube YouTube videos from YouTubers who uh, interviewed North Koreans and stuff like that doing this or reaction videos from like North Koreans and South Koreans watching this. And that was one of the first things they said, like, there's no way they would understand each other. But, you know, it, it is a show and, you know, you, they have to be able to talk or they're going to just look dumbfounded at each other. Yeah. And that might work, too. I mean, it's a romance, you know, just looking at <laughs> staring at blankly into each other's eyes. Uh, but OK, so for this show, let's just go into a little more detail, too. So there um, are two couples in this show uh, that we focus on. It's very traditional 
K-drama or any type of Asian romance, there's an A couple and a B couple. And in this particular show, the A couple and the B couple, their paths intertwine. So, for example, the main hero is, uh, what's her name? Yoon Seri. How do you forget when we have, like, the same name? (laughs) Yoon Seri who is a bastard daughter of a wealthy family who runs a fashion and beauty company in South Korea. And she was engaged or almost engaged to a con man named Gu Soon Joon. And he was a potential former fiance of Seri. Not our Seri, but the show <laughs> Seri. If you just say Seri, like, it, there's a Seri. pause between it. <laughs> Seri. And so... Um, he did some bad things and he got exiled to North Korea. And then our well, other two main characters. He exiled. He was he ran running. Away. Yeah, he, he basically ran away. stole a bunch of money and hid in North Korea. Right. So he, he, he exiled himself to North Korea so he wouldn't get caught by the South Korean police. And then our main, our other two main characters, Captain Ree Jong Hyuk is the main love interest guy and he's a captain in the Koreans people Korean people's army. There we go. That's the North Korean army. That's Korean people's army. And his fiance is Seo Don, a rich North Korean heiress and she's also a cellist. What are you laughing at? What are you laughing at? <laughs> the way Let's see you, you try. Her name. <laughs> Let's see you do better, okay? Okay, maybe you can. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh yeah, those are our main four um, heroes the mic of is this. too sensitive because you heard me <laughs> laughing. <sighs> yeah, those are our four main characters, and they actually swap mates because Captain Ree ends up with Seri, <laughs> and Gu Sung Jun ends up with Don. That's why I'm saying Don and not Dad, because I think they pronounce it pronunciate it as Don. It is so, so Don, right? Yeah, yeah, good old Donnie. <laughs> yeah, you're the worst. If you end up in Korea, South Korea, they're gonna toss you to North Korea. <laughs> See, it doesn't make me think of Don if you say so Don, but when you just say Don in the way you like hesitated because you didn't want to pronounce okay, it wrong. So- <laughs> All right, all right. I guess we have to say the full name. All right, jeez, I'm I'm American. All right, we only say just... the first names. All right, but isn't that all her right. whole first name? Because isn't her last no, name no. something else? No, her her last name is Seo, so Seo or So. Oh my god, her first name is just Don, and it's Don. So Don, yeah, just like you, okay. Seri. So 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 basically, in some um, I know Seri is, names, I know her last name is just is you. Is but... you. Yeah, so I guess some I Korean so names Don are only two. Another name. Mm-mm. Yeah, so some of them have two, some of them have three syllables, just like Chinese and, and uh, Japanese as well. So you can have two or you can have three. So that's how it works. Anyway, so the story goes we have a rich uh, CEO of a fashion company, beautiful, hasn't had good luck with men or romance. And she's constantly fighting with her family. Her family is cutthroat, all business. Think of the Kardashians. Her family is like the Kardashians. And her big brother, Yung Sehoyung. Why are you laughing? 
<laughs> is very competitive and very greedy. And he has a wife, her sister-in-law, Gu Seng-ah, Gu Seng-ah, who is ruthless. And she's basically pulling the strings of the brother-in-law to take over uh, Yoon Se-ri's fashion company. So they came up with a plan to kind and of get rid of don't her. don't forget, they also want to take over the father's business because he's basically retiring yes. and passing it down. So they want to inherit and he was going to give it to Seri, but then she disappeared in North Korea and they didn't know where she was. Exactly. It's So it's a very competitive doggy dog family and they're all trying to one-up each other to obtain more wealth in a way. And so our hero Seri... And or power, yeah. And or power, yeah. So our hero Seri accidentally ends up in North Korea into the hands of Captain Ree and his bandits, his miss, his Robin Hood miss bandits group of, I don't know, kind hearted soldiers who uh, they kind of grow into a family and they really begin. I mean, one of them does shoot at her. So (laughs) in the beginning, in the beginning, in the beginning, that's another thing that I guess if we're saying about absurdities, like, would you become friends with someone who shot at you? I feel like it'd be hard to do. But then again, after I see all of these like North Korean drama or not dramas documentaries, I'm like, hmm, actually, it feels like he had like some of the uh, documentaries were saying how they have to shoot or they will end up in like um, prison camps. So or they'll get shot themselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's one of those. So this one of the themes. There's many themes, of course, to this. But one of the themes is duty over love or duty over what's right. And in this case, some of uh, Captain Ree's soldiers, his like group of merry men, they are very strict and they want to follow orders. But over the course of the show, they kind of develop feelings for Sari as like a older, like a, I guess, older sister or like yeah. a buddy friend. Yeah. And they really open their eyes to, you know, the whole thing that South Koreans aren't bad. Just like she realized North Koreans aren't all bad. It's all propaganda and everybody hates each other because we're, they're told to hate each other. Right. And I think, again, with watching all those documentaries, you realize that um, the North Korean people are victims, you know, so you can't necessarily blame them for their life circumstances because they were just born there you know and they don't really have a say of how their government works and they don't even know any different because the leaders tried to isolate the country so much that you know it's like how how can they be any different when they're like it these documentaries literally talked about like the brainwashing like from childhood on of like what people are taught and i mean one of the things is that they're taught to like hate americans for instance they're taught that um because they call Kim Jong Un and his father, they call Kim them Kim Jong Il. Yeah, they yeah. call them the supreme leaders, and mm-hmm. they believe they they almost like worship them like a religion. And some people even think that they can predict the weather or change the weather or read minds. And that they don't have a they don't have an anus and they don't shit. <laughs> yeah, well, and another thing is like. The newspapers, you could never look at an old North Korean newspaper because the government gets rid of them. So if they change any uh, laws or anything, it won't look like they made a mistake. It'll just look like, oh, there's a new law. Look at our supreme leaders watching out for us. Like they want to seem as perfect as possible and they want the people to think that they are literally they don't make mistakes or they don't change their mind that's what they want the people to think is that they're just completely perfect so you cannot look 
at a newspaper from yesterday. It's gone. Mm-hmm. I uh, <laughs> I love how just a week ago <laughs> she was messaging nonstop about no, this person died. Oh, they they robbed this couple. Oh my gosh, why can't they love this person or this person? And now when we're doing this episode, all you're talking about is actually I can't North stop Korea talking about North Korea. <laughs> Sorry, I know this is about the drama, but I can't help it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Listen, we're called incoherent geek shit, and would I really be a geek if I didn't suddenly have all this stuff to tell you about North Korea? You're you're being more of a nerd now than you are a geek. (laughs) It relates, because we're talking about North Korea. Yeah, no, I get you, I get you, but let's deviate just a little bit before we get back into uh, the storyline, and I'll ask you a couple questions about what you liked or didn't like about the show. Uh, but one thing I found out that I didn't know when I was watching this, but the actress who plays our hero, Seri, uh, her name is Soon Yi Jin, and she plays the lead role in two of my favorite Korean films of all time. A Moment to Remember and The Classic. Have you seen either one of them? I don't. Wait, the second one is just called The Classic? It's called The Classic. It's The Classic, The Classic. What is the classic? Oh my gosh. Are you serious right now? You don't know what the classic is? No, that's an actual th- you like I'm like Holy waiting for you. Holy to- shit. Are you serious right now? Okay, so the classic is when people think of Korea South Korean like romance dramas, the classic is the first one that needs to pop into your mind because that is the that is their notebook. That is the number one Korean romance film of all time. And the minute you talk about romance and you put Koreans in your mind, that should be the movie that comes to your head. And I right, completely so I didn't recognize her. I can't blame Cable that. for this one. It has nothing uh, so to do with Cable because something it, else. You can't blame anything. Yeah. You're just not a real K drama fan. We should not be doing this episode. <laughs> you are an embarrassment. Have you seen a moment to remember? You have never seen a moment to remember. Oh my! Listen, you know I just go. You know, I you listen, know. I just go on Netflix and see what's there. There used you to know be this like nothing before Netflix. Love. There used to be this website that I would use, and I can't remember what it was, but I remember watching this K drama on it called like My Fair Lady. And at that time, it was kind of hard for me to find K dramas because there weren't a lot of websites that um, hosted them with them translated in the United States, at least not that I knew of. So I was very excited when um, Netflix started adding a lot of K dramas, even if they were stuff I had never heard of. I was just like, I love K dramas. I don't care if I don't know what this is. And I just go. Well, and you watch you it. got you got some homework because you should watch a moment to remember and the classic, and they will be you're going to be bawling because those two movies are they're just melodrama to the fucking max. And Sun Yi Jin, she is fucking Korea drama royalty to me. Like anyone who is a part of those two movies, they're automatically royalty. And in fact, anybody who is a part of Two Hundred Pound Beauty, the classic, a moment to remember. <gasps> I Windstruck, have seen that. Or my sassy girl. I've seen Two Hundred Pound Beauty. You've seen that, okay? Thank God. So yeah, at least yeah. you're not like completely a noob. But my there's sassy no girl way you don't know familiar, the classic. But I'm not sure if I've seen it or not. But it sounds so. Funny. My sassy girl is a great movie too. And then uh, Windstruck is the sequel to My Sassy Girl. I actually, I actually cried more with Windstruck than I did My Sassy Girl. But both of them are great. Those four movies, five movies, or whatever I just listed, it's a must watch. If you love K dramas, those are 
it just has you, you have to watch it or you're not a K-drama fan. But yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know she was actually in she was the lead actress in both of them. And it's been years. That's why she looks a little bit older. I didn't really recognize her because she was younger in those. Uh, but yeah, she made a huge comeback with this. And same thing with the main uh, the main character, the main guy character, uh, Hyun Bin. He recently reemerged a couple years ago with Memories of Alhambra, which is also on Netflix. Ooh, that's on my to-watch list. Yeah. Yeah, so that's also on Netflix. It's actually pretty popular on Netflix, too. And then he really just skyrocketed again because of Crash Landing on You. So he is one of the most popular actors in South Korea right now. Yeah. And yeah, it, this is a star-studded cast here, man. It's like, it's pretty awesome. Um, who was your favorite character in the show? Hmm, I don't know if I have a favorite character per se, but I did really appreciate all of the like side characters, the little like like the soldiers. And I think obviously we can't deny that Pyochisu was he was up there. You know what I mean? Because Who, the that? relationship <laughs> Pyochisu, the one that was like always fighting with her and the one that shot at her. <laughs> You know, they were, like, always arguing, like, all the other guys were pretty sweet to her, but then Piochis would be, like, kind of mean to her, but, like, Oh, they... yeah, yeah, the slick hair guy, and then he's, like, the hardcore North yeah, Korean yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. He becomes yeah, the captain guy. at the end after... Yes. Yeah, he's funny. After yeah. Captain... Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I don't know if I have a favorite character, but I... I in general, I, I liked the, like, characterization of... The whole cast, I think it was pretty solid. Um, I also have to say, I really appreciated the relationship she had with her mother. Because mm, mm-hmm. you're led to believe that the mom like hated her because it wasn't her biological daughter. But by the end, you realize that like the mom actually cared about her the whole time. And they just had like the biggest of misunderstandings ever. And like also because, because of the way that the other family members were so like... Like, just trying to get ahead. There wasn't really much of a family bond. I think that Sari projected that onto the mom as well. Um, and that it well, was I, hard for them. And also that the mom had a problem with how Sari did, like, didn't want to be part of the family. But I think that, like, I feel like there, it was kind of complex. Like, there's a lot of hurt there. And I like that by the end, they were, like, on each other's side, you know? And, like, her mm-hmm. mom was really there for her. So the backstory to what Siri's talking about here, because if you're listening to this, some of you might have not seen it yet. But basically, she is a um, she, that's not her real mother. That's her stepmother. And the stepmother one day uh, really resented her when she was younger and took her to the beach. And Siri always admired her mother, her, her stepmother, like she was her real mother. And the stepmother told her, sit here and stay here. And then she left and she didn't come back for her or so that's what we thought because Sari uh, went to a hospital or something like that. Right. Somebody found her, took her to the hospital. And then later on, we figure out uh, we find out through flashbacks that the mom in the middle of the night realized, oh, my God, what the hell did I just do? This is the biggest mistake of my life. I actually do love her. And she runs back and she was already gone. So it was a misunderstanding in a way, but she did originally want to abandon well, her on the beach. I, I, did, I thought they like heavily implied that the mom was going to commit suicide. Oh, did they? Okay, yeah, I, I, I guess I forgot I, about I that part. I thought they did. Maybe, maybe, maybe I interpreted it wrong, 
But that's what it implied to me was that, like, the mom was going to commit suicide and that's why she left her daughter there and then, I guess, changed her mind maybe because of her daughter. I don't know. It was kind of confusing, but they do hint a lot at the fact that the mom doesn't seem to have a good marriage with the dad. Yeah. You know, like, they talk about them sleeping in different rooms, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like, I've read, I've not read, but I've seen a lot of articles about how it can be, like, healthy for your relationship to, like, have different rooms and choose when you want to sleep together and when you don't. But anyhow, um, there are other times, too, when the mom says stuff that it makes it seem like the relationship is pretty rocky, you know, between her and the dad. And you kind of wonder, like, why does she stay in it? You know, is it just for the power of the companies? Is it because of her desire to help her daughter or her stepdaughter? But I don't really want to say step because I feel like by the end of the show, they really do have a true bond that it did. Like those little technicalities just don't matter, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, originally, like I said, Sari um, always thought of her stepmother as her actual mother. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's one of those things that I guess in a way, the stepmother actually felt the same way, but she just couldn't convey it properly. Or um, that's at least what it seemed like. And at the end, they, they finally come to an understanding, which is beautiful after all yeah. she went through. And uh, that's that's a great relationship, too. What about uh, since this is a romance shit? What about some of the romance aspects of it? So with our two couples, let's start with the uh, second couple first. Uh, Don and <laughs> Sung Jun. <laughs> What did you think of that couple and how it ended? So if you don't know the dynamic to this relationship, Sung Joon is like a playboy con man who is good looking but always gets in trouble. And he's funny, uses his words to talk his way out of things. And he's kind of like a semi-coward. And Don is like the classic Sunder character who is Sundere. cold. Sundere. Sundere. Is it, is it Sundere? Is it? Is it Sundere? Is that yes, how you say it? Sundere. Sundere. Sundere character. Okay, whatever. Sunder. <laughs> wow. Wow. You I need am to just make getting, that a t-shirt. Sunder. I am, I am just getting ripped apart today by you with uh, pronunciation of, of Asian words. The best part is that uh, I'm white and you're, you're the white Asian. white. Oh my gosh. Like what, what's going on here? <laughs> but yeah, so that's Roll the dynamic that's that's the dynamic don is a very um ice princess style like and, yeah, and she got she got spurred it. she got spurred by captain reese so they were engaged and then of course he falls in love with um uh Sari, and you know she, he never really loved her in the first place he did right. it out of um did it out of respect and out of obligation more than anything yeah so as my North Korean documentaries told me, arranged marriage is very common. Of course. Yeah. And so that's probably other another than, reason to him. It probably just seemed that's what you do. Yeah. Other than in India, you know, I think North do. Korea is is one of the biggest countries for... I think South Korea also st- still does some of it too. But uh, regardless, what did you think about their relationship? Because I, I, I liked it. I actually thought there was really good dynamic I there. I really liked it because... One of the things I like about this uh, 
K-drama is that it takes some tropes, not all, but some, and really turns them on their head. And this is one of them. So I think the mother, too, because I expected that she was just going to stay being this, like, cranky stepmother that, like, hated her, especially because she wanted her, like, actual biological children to get the company. That's what it, like, kind of makes you think at the beginning. But then they're, like, psych, and they kind of turn that on its head, right? Well, same with this, is you have this character, which it's very common in dramas for there to be the girl and the guy that are obviously the one true pairing, right? The people that you ship. And then this third girl who's, like... You know, she's like a rival, but not really. Like, she doesn't really have a chance, but she won't give up. And that's kind of what, like, Sodan, like, seems like she's gonna be. Because she is very, like, tenacious. And she does, she really, really admires Ri Jung-hyuk. And you're like, why? He doesn't even love you. He doesn't give you the time of day. But she really admired him since she was, a like, 13, 15, somewhere in there. High very, school, yeah. Right, mm-hmm. very young. Um So I think it was hard for her to, like, let go of that because she admired him and she's basically promised him the moment that she wants him, she's, like, told she's going to get him. So why would she have any reason? And after so many years of, like, holding on to that feeling, I can imagine it would be hard even though there's not that much substance there because you're going for a guy that, like, doesn't really care about you and he's just like, well, I gotta do it for my family and it's my duty and it's just, like, you know, part of the culture, I guess. It's like, that's what you do, right? But I did really like that that got flipped on its head. And even though she's a little sour about it, it is a little upsetting for her. She's still able to let somebody else into her life and actually ends up, like, loving this person. But boy, did she get robbed. Because the other thing about Sodan is she's this character that you kind of end up liking. Like, even though... Yeah, like even even though at first she's like kind of a rude, like she comes across as really cold and even rude, like to the women in the village and like like when you see the way that she treats Yunseri. But again, like here's this woman who you can totally tell your man has eyes for, like who wouldn't be cold, right? So yeah, she she just becomes like a, a likable character and she gets totally robbed because huge spoiler, her love interest, what is his name? Soon June. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He dies. He dies because she gets kidnapped and he goes to save her. Wait. You don't know the ending of it? You didn't see the ending credits? There were ending... No, I swear to God I watched all the way to the the end. What are you you trying to pull? You didn't watch the the end credits scene? Oh, okay. Alright, so spoiler alert. I guess I'll tell you this, but um, Soong Joon, Soong Joon actually didn't die in that shootout. So, you know, he's a lifer con man. He's like the complete opposite of Captain Reed. You are lying to me. No, no. So he's a he's a lifer con man. At the end of the show, it says that she's going to be single for life or something. Well, no. Hold on a second. I need to open Netflix. You are. Yeah, he's a he's a lifer con man. And he started panicking and committing to a woman like Dan. And she faked he faked his own death heroically. And so he moved to Canada to start a new life. That's the thing. Oh so Netflix, and t- no, yeah, Netflix and TVN announced a couple of weeks after uh, they confirmed a sequel series focused on his new life in Canada. But the premise is that he quickly realizes he made a mistake leaving her, and he actually does love her, and he risks it all to re-enter North Korea to win her back and to take her out to go back to Canada with him. Okay, so that's listen, the sequel guys. series. Ion would be great at making many a webtoon, but don't listen. This is not <laughs> part of the show. This did not happen. So, yeah, make sure when you watch this, watch to the very end. You know, stick to the end of the credits because make the after sure scene credit. Make sure when you watch, well, 
You don't watch it with a friend like Ion, okay? <laughs> don't let him cheat you like wow. this. Wow. Wow. That's so rude. That's so rude. I could make some awesome sequels, awesome See, originals. This like, is you know, why I like... Because you do this all the time, and, like, sometimes you really convince me, and I, I, like, really believe what you're saying, only for you to be like, nah, I'm kidding. And then when I tell you later that I never know if you're joking with me or not, you're like, how do you not know? How can you not tell? I'm like, Yeah, how do you not know? I always <laughs> tell you, I always, if I spoil something, I always tell you exactly what the real spoilers are. Like, that's no. just how it works. <laughs> I'm keeping you on your toes. But, you know, isn't that, isn't that kind of cute, though? Like, I mean, she had... Rayla and that guy, Callum, didn't even have sex, and you told me that they did, okay? But he did turn into a bird. He did, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) How did you know? They were flying. They flied it into the air. But back to (laughs) arcade drama, crash landing on you. Uh, I I found it very cute, like in terms of romance, because, you know, I, I watch and I read a lot of romance, and I actually majored in this. Like, I spent thousands of hours in college researching to be a romance writer and one of my favorite tropes is when one of our main heroes realizes that her type or his type isn't actually the type that she wants and this is a perfect example of that because this con man is the Toradora Toradora which is the anime with that brown haired short girl right that you that's exactly what happens in that show is the guy realize okay keep going Right. Yeah. So that's that's a trope. Like this is what happened here. Like you were saying, Don always uh, admired Captain Ree. But was that really love? Like she thought she was in love with that type of person or that person specifically. But the one that she actually fell for at the end was a complete 180 from Captain Ree. He was not stern. He was not responsible. He, he was a trash talker, coward. But at the end, when he really needed to, he stepped up for her because he cared about her until he faked his own death to move to Canada. But it's one of those things I thought was really adorable. Same thing with uh, the other couple, Captain Ree and uh, Sari. Like, Sari has always had difficulties with romance, um, and it just kind of ended up right. She didn't expect to fall in love with this particular guy, especially a North Korean soldier. But we all expected her to. Well, okay, so what about what about the main couple now? Let's talk a little bit about Captain Ree and Sari and how this couple, this pairing, has just taken over the internet world and, like, worldwide. Like, do you love this couple, too? Are you, like, crazy about them? I mean, let's be honest. They took the romance to the max with this. Oh, how could you yeah. make it more romantic than saving your future partner from committing suicide, okay? Yes. And in such a subtle way, too. Like, he isn't just like, hey, do you need help? Or, like, are you about to... Like, he does it. He's just like, hey, can you take a picture? Like, he took her out of that situation without making her uncomfortable. You get what okay, I mean? So, so, okay, so to explain what Sari is talking about, because she never likes setting juxtaposition for our audience who has no idea what she's talking about. But what she's saying is, in those after-episode credits... Uh, for the first half, I think, of the episodes, the after credits piece together flashbacks of both Captain Ree and Ceri's life before the show started. And they both were actually in Switzerland. Was it Switzerland? Switzerland, yeah. Yeah, they were both at Switzerland, and we didn't know that watching it. 
we find out that they were at Switzerland at the same time. Captain Ri was there on vacation with Don, his fiance, and Seri was there to kill herself by jumping off a cliff. And it was a bridge, but what does it matter? Yeah. yeah, she was jumping off something. She was really pissed <laughs> off, or she wanted to kill herself. And Captain Ri noticed something was off about this woman, and she was like, he pulled, he pulled out his camera and said, "Hey, can you take a picture?" And she got off the bridge took the camera and took a picture of him and Don. And that's what Sari is talking about that, this destiny thing, you know? Yes, yes. And there's another scene where she's on a boat and he begins playing the piano and she later, she remembers the song and she can play the piano like a little bit. So she plays the melody on the piano and no one ever knows what it is until she meets him and he's like, that's the song I wrote. And she explains to him that hearing that song made her completely change her mind. Like, he'd already saved her from actually jumping off the bridge, but then she she still hadn't resolved not to die. She was just kind of in, mm-hmm. in this weird in-between state where she she said, I didn't want to die, but I also didn't want to live. And hearing that song, I guess, like, really moved her and gave her the motivation to live and thus she went back to her life and made something of herself and made her own company where she actually has these like two like two really adorable um uh workers employees i should say that actually care about her and even though they kind of like they talk a little smack about her but it's like with love you know the guy is like oh man i've been sleeping like better or whatever i've been getting more free time so i'm like not as exhausted but also i really hope she's alive and like i want her to come back so that was really sweet too but yeah i I think the fact that they make these like little the way that they've crossed paths in the past and how they they they're like oh it's fate like even though you know when we come back to real life maybe some people do still believe you know that they are fated to meet certain people or that they are fated to be with a certain person. But, you know, at least in my life, I haven't necessarily had any situations that I felt like, you know, well, actually I have one, but I haven't had any romantic situations where I felt like I was like fated to meet this person or like they were fated to come into my life or whatever it may be. Like I've never had like a romantic situation where I was like, this is destiny. This is fate. And maybe it's because I have yet to have it. But I, I think like this is something we almost reserve for these types of romances. And like in this, this setting of the K-drama, it works so well. It's so perfect. And it just gives you that like that feeling that you want to get from watching romance, like the whole reason you watch it is for stuff like this. So I think that their relationship was handled really well and they are really cute together and it's, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. What, what did you think about the ending of this? So the ending of this show, they actually don't fully end up together because they, uh, through all the adventures that they have going back and forth between North Korea and South Korea, and one is a North Korean citizen, one's a South Korean citizen, so they can't just be like visiting one another. They yeah. find a loophole, and uh, Captain Ree is a piano player, as Sari uh, stated. So once every year, a neutral country like Switzerland hosts like this piano um, scholarship or something like that. That Sari. Yeah sponsors with her company so they both end up going to this piano concert a piano um gathering thing in switzerland once a year where they have a chance to stay together for a week or so at a little cabin two weeks yeah yeah i think i think sari like buys a house there or whatever because she's like hella rich but yeah yeah so i i actually love that because this is one of those things that 
Uh, we'll talk about this in our segment that we're going to do next. But one of the themes is that, you know, there is a love and a desire so strong that one can choose selflessness over their own happiness. And it's like just being able to see that person once in your life or just being able to see that person for one minute. You have to travel miles and miles or weeks and weeks just to see that person, just have a glimpse of their, their face. That's enough because that's what true love is. And that's kind of like what this show, what the theme of the show is. They didn't end up together. They didn't live together every single day. One of them didn't affect North Korea. One of them didn't affect South Korea. They found a way to work around it and they still miss each other. They still love each other and they don't see each other every single day, but it's enough for them because no matter what, they have that bond. They have that love. And there's something really sweet that they ended it like that instead of saying, oh, you know, he it could have been the easy way out would be for him to defect to North, South Korea. But they didn't do that, which I'm kind of happy they didn't. Yeah. So a couple of things with this. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think this is another aspect that we look for often in romance literature, whether it be a crossover of genres like fantasy romance or something like a K-drama. It is this sense of a true undying love that no matter how far apart you are, you're always going to love that person and that is the only person that like you want to be with. And it, it is like a fairy tale. And it's just this, it's this thing that when you see that, like, I guess where I'm at in my life is like, I wonder if it's real, but if it's not, I don't want it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, this is what I have to have or it's like, it's not good enough. So... It makes sense the way they edit it because, <laughs> back to my North Korean documentaries, <laughs> this is an accurate part of the show because if you defect from North Korea, your family can be put into prison or labor camps. So it actually makes a lot of sense because his even though his dad has a high status, if he actually defected, his mother and father would probably be thrown in jail. Um, so it, it actually, the ending does, that makes total sense. But what I like to believe is that after his parents die, he defects <laughs> and runs away in Switzerland and then they go back to South Korea together and like get married. That's well, Captain, my little extra Captain, imagination. Captain Ree also does have a very strong sense of duty to, and to nation. So it, it, he doesn't look down upon North Korea. He doesn't feel like it's a dictatorship at all. He feels like it's his country and he's serving it. So Part of it is his love for the country, too, that maybe is why he can't leave the country himself. True. On his own yeah. Accord. And they don't they don't touch on that quite as much because something that I kind of found interesting when I was watching the show was the perception of North Korea and like how the North Koreans might see North Korea along with how that was in documentaries, because I was thinking about how as an American like United States citizen, is my um, perception of North Korea biased? And I'm, I'm sure it is. But, you know, I was thinking, what is it really like? And, and do I see it as this horrible place because that's what we're taught here? Like, is it actually really horrible? And I mean, I would say, yeah, it's not. It's the situation in North Korea is not good. OK, like that's the truth of it, that it's not good. Is everybody there unhappy? Is it impossible for them to be happy? The answers to that are no. Of course, people are going to find happiness. But at the same time, yes, you have to acknowledge there are a lot of people there that um, if they're not living in Pyongyang, 
then they might be starving. They might be overworked. Um, they they just don't have as good of a situation uh, as yeah, others. Yeah, but the thing is, the thing is, and they kind of did this in the show too. Like, you don't know what you're missing if you've never seen it. Yeah. If you don't know what it is. Yes. So when the North Korean soldiers pretend to be Olympic uh, athletes to go rescue Captain Ree from South Korea, or that's their mission, yeah. uh, they experience South Korea for the first time. And they realize, oh my gosh, everybody has lights and electricity and they don't turn off. And they go to they mm-hmm. go to like a 7-Eleven Mart and they just they're like, oh, my gosh, it's rice in a box. This is unbelievable because in North Korea, grain is hard to come by. It's grain. Grain is hard to come by in North Korea. It's not that easy to get rice. It's not that easy to get ramen and things like that. And you can just get it at a 7-Eleven in every single corner in South Korea. And that's what the soldiers did. They were so excited about that. So if you don't know what you don't have you don't really know if you're not experiencing life. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think it is interesting after watching um, the documentaries versus the drama, how many things they actually did get right about North Korea. Like, it it feels like they did a good job of um, portraying it without making it too politicized because, again, we're trying to watch a romance film, not like a political... um, criticism of North Korea. So I think they actually did very well because they, like I said, they got certain aspects of it uh, right, like the electricity going out, how in the village there was a, you know, there was all those women, one of them was like the wife of the, uh, like someone in a, that was in a high position. And then there was the one woman who was always like, oh, I'm the like leader of this village. I'm the head of this village. And that's a thing is they actually have um, groups and then in each village and there'll be like a quote-unquote leader i can't think of the exact name of what they call them and they will basically just watch people and make sure everyone's you know being a good citizen but yeah i thought it was interesting that they were able to keep some aspects of reality without getting too political and still giving us an interesting like romance uh, genre you know a romance show to watch so yeah i don't know i i definitely didn't see i didn't i definitely didn't feel while watching the show that north korea was villainized i actually felt more like this show was a unification show more than anything they're just saying north koreans and south koreans they're all koreans and that love is love and a border shouldn't matter whether somebody loves somebody or not you know it's romeo and juliet it's very east uh west side story and Romeo and Juliet style. And I, I like that. I like that message a lot. Unification, you know, that's all we can ever hope for. Although I don't think we'll ever see it in our lifetime. But that's a different story. However, <laughs> let us end this episode with a fun little segment. So we keep talking about this, but Sari and I, uh, we haven't really done anything with romance yet. But today we are because this finally was our first episode talking about something with romance. So we are debuting incoherent romance shit so when you watch romance stuff there's a lot of cliche quotes cliche scenarios that are the epitome of romance themes there's a lot of them here so we have four quotes that epitomize romance and the themes that this show is talking about so we're gonna read it to you in the most seductive way possible let's do this thing right now seductive 
<laughs> or the most romanticized way possible. No, go ahead. Seduce us all. I will I will go with the seductive route because I'm a master at seducting people. And you can <laughs> you can do it <laughs> seducing people. And you could do it in your North Korean historic way that you're an expert at. Ah, so but, you want me to talk like a documentary? <laughs> If you want to, however oh, you man. want, however you want, we just have to convey these beautiful quotes to our audience. So the first theme that this film, that this show has done really well showcasing is destiny is a path that you follow. And if it was meant to be, your paths will cross again. We touched upon it. So here's the first quote. Sometimes the wrong train takes you to the right direction. It was like that for me, too. Throughout my life, I always felt like I was on the wrong train. One time, I wanted to give up. I didn't want to go anywhere. So I thought of jumping off the train. Look where I am now. I took the wrong train again, and a very wrong one at that. Still, you should think about the future. Even if things don't go as you wish, I hope you arrive at the right station, no matter which train you take. That was from Sari in episode five. And that was the whole thing about her uh, in Switzerland. And then my second quote illustrating Destiny's path is from Captain Ree in episode 16 at the very end. I got on the wrong train and that very train brought me here. It brought me to the place I've yearned to come every morning and night. It brought me to my destination. And that was the last line of the entire show. I mean, maybe those quotes were sappy, but I actually really liked the metaphor with the train. Because I felt like, you know, it kind of explains life. Like, not just this romance in the film, or the show, but... I felt like he could it does kind of apply to life in general. It's like you get on the wrong train, but you still end up somewhere decent, right? Well, you have to remember train tracks go one way, but they also go back the other way. So I, I do, I do feel like that is a great message there. Yeah, I, I like the train metaphor as well, with the paths and stuff like that. Indeed, you know, your first reading was quite somber, and your second reading was very Batman. Well. Because Captain Rhee is very slick, very smooth, very soft-spoken. Very Batman. <laughs> I have a great Batman voice, by the way. I can, I'll probably do that in a Bat, like Christian Bale voice. But all right, your turn. The next theme. Oh, you're not going to tell us? I thought you were going to. No, you. I mean, it's right in front of you. You can read it. <laughs> there is love and desire so strong that one chooses selfishness over their own happiness. That's the theme. Ion's getting mad at me. I can just hear it through the screen. Anyways, let's get to the reading. Again, we have a quote from our dearest Yunseri. I wonder which one is love. Hoping that you're worrying about me like I am for you. And wishing that you're pining for me like I do for you. Is this love? Or on the other hand... Is it wishing that you won't be worried about me? That you'll forget about me and all the moments we've shared? Is that love? If it's neither, 
Is it love that I'm willing to go through everything from the begin from the very beginning, just so I can meet you once again? So that is the first one. And the second one we have, again, is now Captain Ree. Even if I have to worry about losing you every day, I want to have you in my life. Even if it breaks my heart because it's a dream that can't come true, I'd like to sincerely dream of the future. I feel like Captain Ree's lines are, you're right, they are really slick. Yeah, like, man. Look he, at no wonder he gets all the women. Like, dude, he's good. Also, <laughs> it's because his back is so broad that you can't even fit both arms around it. That was oh, my favorite line in the whole show. Oh, oh. <laughs> Woo. All right. That is a good <laughs> that is a good point to end this episode on. I hope you guys enjoyed uh Crash Landing on You. I highly recommend you watch the show 16 episodes uh 1 hour episode each and, and then if follow like- it chase it with a bunch of North Korean documentaries or I should say documentaries on North Korea. I, I don't know. North Korean documentaries would just be about how cool the supreme leaders are. So you know. Yeah, and definitely subscribe and follow us at iGeekShit everywhere we have our social media stuff because I know all of you guys probably need a North Korean expert historian in your life, and we have one here from our own Sari. So definitely follow us there if you have any North Korean questions. We'll definitely answer it or she'll answer it for you. Uh, but that about wraps it up for our episode here. Sari has to go paragliding to find her North Korean train. And I guess I would die there. Um, I'm American. They would probably shoot me on sight. I don't think I could even no. be a tourist there. They allow tourism, but I they don't think I tourism. would be allowed. Yeah. White people, they love white people there. They can hold you hostage. Like that's that's. Basically. I would. I yeah. I don't think I would be. No, I'm. I'm gonna stay here. Actually. <laughs> All right. Any last words, or was that your last? Or actually, last words no, might not I, be the I, right I, word. <laughs> Well, if I have to have last words, it's going to be don't give up on your Sunders. I know they seem cold-hearted, but they truly love you. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, wow. All right, we'll see. (laughs) We'll see you guys next week. No, we'll see you guys in two weeks. We are bi-weekly. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Okay, bye. If Siri makes it back from North Korea. Good thing these are pre-recorded. Even after I die, you're still going to have some episodes to, to put out. <laughs>